0: Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Feels, feels like it's been a while, Andy. Yeah, that's because it has. I think a lot has been going on. In terms of time passing. I don't yeah. think a lot has really changed, but a lot of time has. It's been, has been a passed. few weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's been a few weeks, it, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, it's like almost Thanksgiving. Not Halloween anymore when we. <laughs> yeah we're supposed to do our last episode. So yeah, it's been a while. So, I I am excited, Patrick, to talk to you again.
1: You're excited to be back on the pod?
0: I am always excited to be on. Get the pod, back on the horse. Today. Yeah.
1: You're yeah, actually top. riding a horse too, which is really cool. Like you <laughs> like you took that you took that uh phrase literally. You brought and in a horse and yeah, you're sitting
0: it, on a horse in your room. It's it's a very impressive thing to be able to record a podcast from a horse. So, I I am I think I've like reached a new level of podcaster at this point.
1: Yeah, it's like that. It's like in John Wick three where he's chasing that guy on the motorcycle on a horse. Now you're doing that exact same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, on a level podcast. Level of difficulty, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> giving giving design advice while while riding a horse into a microphone, is the same thing mm-hmm. as, as chasing yeah. a guy on a motorcycle on a horse. Yes.
1: Yeah. What's the name of your horse you're riding, Andy? Everybody oh, wants Rusty. To know. Rusty. 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 Yeah. And I was going to say, it better be Rusty. <laughs> Rusty is like the John of horse names. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is kind of sad for horses. I just feel like it's not the greatest name. You know, it's, it's no. not... <laughs>
1: I mean, Rusty's a great name. Like for all the Rustys out there listening, like Rusty's a great name. But sure. for a horse, you know, it's like yeah. they, the horses want to be called like Thunder or yes, you know, cool names like that. Not people <laughs> names. Like they would if you call your if you call your horse like Robert, it's not going to be the horse going to be like, dude, I don't want my name is one. I'm a horse. It shouldn't be Robert. Yeah, that's a same bad with idea. Rusty.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like imagine so, if a horse was called Andy. Uh, would that horse be happy or not?
0: I, I think that would be like the nicest horse ever. <laughs> a horse named Andy. Now I'm not trying to say something about myself, but that just sounds like a nice horse.
1: It kind of does, huh? Like Andy's just kind of like a happy. Do you think there are mean people out there named Andy?
0: Yeah, there there definitely are. There is? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. It's it's interesting to think about names like that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, the interesting thing that all humans aren't really that great and perfect. And we all make mistakes. And we all have, the you know, so like I, I make mistakes all the time, Patrick. I think I, I cut somebody off in traffic on accident today. Yeah. Um, and my name is Andy. So it can happen. Well, so,
1: you're a big jerk. You're that big jerk, Andy, everybody's talking about.
0: Yeah, that's me. Yeah,
1: you're not the happy Andy like in Toy yeah. Story.
0: To those those two guys that were driving that that white Tacoma that I cut off today, that are definitely <laughs> listening to this this podcast, I'm so sorry. I didn't see you. I, I really want to apologize for doing that. Did I didn't mean to. <laughs>
1: Did you catch the license plate number just so we can clarify who it really yeah, was? I did. I did because I just <laughs> felt so
0: bad. J seven B 61 I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hope I didn't ruin your day by cutting you off. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm sure they're I'm sure they're gonna be yeah, perfectly fine with that apology. I hope so it's big of you that's big of you
0: (laughs) it it feels good actually i mean a lot of people a lot of people use their their podcast to just really talk about how great they are i use my podcast to apologize for the traffic mistakes that i always make so
1: yeah well you're a very Um, humble guy and i'm glad we have that segment in the pod so that yeah everybody everybody knows
0: (laughs) how humble i am that's the segment yeah exactly Uh, crap this did turn into be talking about how great i am um -hmm. that's true
1: it's i think they call that a humble brag andy i think yeah if i'm i
0: think i think that's what's happening here right now on the decide much podcast (laughs) um i apologize for that too guys (laughs) sincerely (laughs) so many horrible things happening today (laughs) <laughs> on on the behalf of a uh, Andy who's just trying to make his way in this world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Andy, now
1: that we've talked about you all the whole time, let's talk about a design topic. Street what what's it, I feel like it's been forever since we had a topic, but it, that's not true. Like we Yeah. <clears throat> we had some we had a bunch of episodes going along and then we had some, you know, we missed an episode, then we did the Halloween episode, then we maybe, maybe we missed a week. So it feels, I feel rusty, but let's jump in to the topic of the day.
0: Yes. Let's see. Let's see how well, I feel rusty too, Patrick. I'm right there with you. Let's see how well we do here. (laughs) Uh, But so today's randomly chosen topic actually comes from an anonymous listener. They did not give us their name, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, Thank you, anonymous, for sending in this topic. They're probably in that
1: Tacoma this is my guess
0: oh dang they probably do drive a tacoma that's why this question is so hard okay Mm -hmm. crap okay this this is all making more sense (laughs) so this this submitted topic today from um the anonymous white tacoma (laughs) driver um it's kind of a three-parter it has a a lot going on with this so i don't know how we want to approach this patrick but Huh. Um, there's kind of a lot to this this topic here, so I'll just I'll Let read me through
1: my, this. I gotta get my sticky notes out. Yeah, get
0: get your notepad so you can take notes on what um, all of all of this um, topic See, entails. Notes. <laughs> so, um, this listener sends in uh, the topic saying, "How to move along the individual contributor path or transition into management." That's the first part of this topic.
1: Okay.
0: Um, if soft. That's number one. If if soft skills are needed to accelerate your career, and if so, that's the second one. Here's the third one: how to develop them.
1: So, if soft skills are needed, is the second one.
0: Yes. And then, how to
1: develop them? Yes. So, if we said if we said no, soft skills are needed for. The second part then we can skip the third part that's true okay.
0: it isn't if so it's an if so question so yeah okay.
1: this is, a, is this a developer come on a fan statement in our topic
0: uh nice <clears throat> i'm glad you threw in that developer joke thank you patrick
1: yeah burn developer i don't know it's, it's stupid uh ooh. well let's yeah it's, speaking of developers let's for loop through this first part uh Whoa. move Move on through IC or transition. That was the first part, right? Yeah.
0: How, how do you move along the IC path or transition into management?
1: Or transition into management. Um, yeah. How do you, I mean, you, you do that by, by working. That's the number one thing, I think, right? You just, you get a job and you're hired where you're hired, right? And if you want to move along the path of the IC then you just get more and more experience, right? It's called it's practice, practice,
0: practice, absolutely. A lot of practice. So, is it possible, Patrick, to just go along that that icy path and like get lots of experience and practice, but not really move into a uh, mid level or a senior role? Like, do you have to ask for it? Do you have to <laughs> do you have to bug your your manager about getting those roles? And as we've talked about before, like. What, what is, what is a senior designer at this company? You want to like understand those expectations so you can actually move into that. Um, I, I just have an interesting question, Patrick, because have you ever had somebody just not ask you, <laughs> um, when they're a senior or when they can become a senior, do they just like stay the same thing? And do you actually kind of bring that up or do, do those designers usually bring that up with you? Um, Yeah. I think,
1: I think if you're having regular one-on-ones and you're both talking to each other, like you should be in regular one-on-ones, I think you both kind of know when things are changing, when things are happening, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's a potential for a promotion, what skills, soft and hard skills are needed to, you know, get promoted or, or move into the sort of the next level of IC. Um, yeah yeah i think i think it happens all the time I, I, there's been a couple of times where i've been a bad manager and you know for whatever reason maybe it's me maybe it's company who knows i've been a bad manager and wasn't paying attention and people are like hey i'm ready to be a senior designer and i was you know like oh okay well you know there's been a few times like that but okay i think for the most part it's been you know like <clears throat> regular one-on-one contact i think you're, you know you're you're, you're kind of growing together, you know, Mm -hmm. so, and it it comes up occasionally, you know, like, Hey, am I, am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? And I think that mostly happens in that level. I, I think in my experience, my limited experience, the, the individual contributor coming to their manager, which would be me, right. Asking to be promoted or something has happened from the mid level to the senior level. More than the junior level to mid level. I feel like the junior people are juniors, and they're just kind of waiting to be told that they're not juniors. <laughs> and I think the mid level people are like, "I'm ready to be a senior designer," you know. Okay. So I think it's a little bit different of a mentality. It's a maturity level, right?
0: Yeah, but I, but sense. I will
1: say I will say Andy, if I'm telling you and you're getting into the industry and you're getting a job. The thing you need to do, if the, if you if this concerns you and you want to know like how to move up and how to like become a senior designer, ask your manager how that works, right? Like ask your manager, what's expected of me? If you're a junior, ask your manager, what outline what's expected of me as a junior. Outline what's expected of me as a mid-level so I can work toward that, right? So I can pay attention to that. Yeah. And, and, you know, to outline what is it, what is it you expect a senior designer is supposed to do and then, and then give that to me so that I can work toward it. Right. And if they can't do that, then, you know, there's, you know, they should be able to do that at least if they can't, then I think you've, you know, you should dig, you should dig deeper into it and, mm-hmm. and find out.
0: Awesome. That's great. So it, it sounds like a lot of that is going to come organically as long as you're having those check-ins, as long as you're talking to your manager understanding what the different you know roles and levels of an ic really is and that that should just naturally happen and of course naturally you should be gaining that practice and that experience as you continue working um, on projects and kind of going over that that you know that that thing of time right just going through that time and getting that practice it sounds like the ic stuff is going to is going to come a little bit more naturally as long as you're talking to your manager and having those conversations, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're having one-on-ones that are effective, I think you're, you're, you're doing okay. And I don't, there's nothing wrong either with asking your boss, your manager, whomever, like, Hey, I think I'm ready to, I think I'm ready to be a mid-level or I think I'm, you know, why am I not a mid-level or, yeah. you know, cause there's, From the managerial standpoint, there's there's multiple reasons why somebody may or not be ready for that, you know, like one might just be literally the skills, like maybe they just don't have the skills yet or they don't have enough practice. Another thing might be just timing like, hey, we only, you know, companies might only do promotions at a particular time of the year, you know, so it's like, hey, I, I understand you're ready for this, but we only do those in, you know, January or December or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, other reasons might be depending on your company, like maybe there's not enough budget to, to promote you right now, you know? So like it, it, there's lots of variables, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So like, if you're, you know, if you're concerned with it, like be open with your manager about it and be like, Hey, I think I'm ready for this. Like what's holding me back. What can I do to improve? You know, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that's a great point. I, I really like how you said like effective one-on-ones. I think that's key. And I think a lot of that effectiveness can definitely come from being open, having those open conversations to, so that the designer can understand what's expected of them, what's needed of them. Um, And the manager can also understand what the designer is feeling and, you know, what their expectations are. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. that definitely comes with that effectiveness for sure. So I I love that, that point for sure. I think that's really smart. Uh, Awesome. So does that kind of cover the first part of that question like the the ic path or is there anything more to that patrick
1: well i mean they brought up uh anonymous tacoma here brought up uh the (laughs) like a transitioning into management right yeah or leadership i think i think that's also going to come with experience right because that's something that you, you you have to have some kind of level of experience you know to be a leader on some level. I mean, a lot of people are, some people are naturally more leaders than others, but I think you're going to have to have some level of experience. And I would say traditionally the the manager, the director, you know, the VP or whomever, whoever your leader is, is probably going to be looking at people in a senior role as the, like the people they want to, you know, kind of teach and groom to be future leaders. Um, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say I would see that happening at a junior level by any means. Uh, potentially a mid-level depending on how talented the mid-level is progressing and stuff but like I think yeah you I think most of the time it's that senior the senior the senior role or the senior realm is going to be your your jump off point to <clears throat> you know more design management more design leadership roles or continuing up the IC path a lot of, a lot of companies have you know plenty of a, a pathways for people that just want to be ICs and contribute, right. The principal designers, um, you know, different, different avenues that way too. But yeah. Yeah. But if you're ready to be a, if you're a junior and you're ready to be a leader, man, you're, you're doing great, but you got to, you know, you probably need a couple of years of experience under your belt before somebody's really going to trust you with, you know, the keys to the kingdom. So,
0: yeah. And I think that's a great point too. Like, there's the, there's the whole design management thing where you can like really work with people, help them grow. I think there's a lot of that comes with advice too. Like as a, as a junior, as a mid-level, even as a senior, when you're working with your manager, you're wanting to ask them for advice on what they should do next, how they should approach something. And if somebody doesn't really have that experience or doesn't really, or hasn't been able to you know, do anything like that in the past, right? it's going to be hard to give that advice. So I think that's definitely key you can become a manager in a lot of ways. And there's some, some things that you can do as a manager, even if you were a junior designer, but I also feel like you might want to have more experience actually working as a designer before you can actually jump into that role. But, you know, I'm sure there's, there's definitely experiences where people have had, um, where they can jump into that. Who knows? But I think that's, when we talked to,
1: we talked to Nikki a couple of us, you know, a bunch of podcasts ago and she she sort of accelerated her company where she was at and became a design manager, really quickly. Um, you know, just a few years into the into the thing. A lot of that just a lot of it just has to do with maturity. That's true. Um, just a lot of it has to do with maturity, and like some people are more mature than others. You know, at that, at a particular levels, and then also depending on like our UX world. We've talked about this before too. Like the UX design world, the, uh, people come from all different backgrounds, and so you know, you may have been a manager and had experience at a manager at another company in a different, in a different sense. Right. And then you come over to be a UX designer and maybe you're a junior UX designer, but you have a lot of great management experience from, I don't know, when you did title loans, you know, at the dollar title store or whatever. Like, I don't know where it was from, but like, maybe you've got some management experience that way. And so, you know, you might slip into a management role easier that way because you've got that experience. So,
0: that's a great point, and that's that was exactly the case with Nikki, right? I uh, guess that we had on where she had done management before, and then was able to transition a lot easier into UX management. So, yeah, um, that's a that's a great example. Awesome. So that's I, I feel like does that cover the first part of this, Patrick? The kind of going the IC path and transitioning into management. Is there anything else that we want to talk about before you go jump into the soft skills? section of this.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I would just reiterate with the top with the first topic before jumping to the next one is the effective, the effective one-on-ones. Yeah. Closing that feedback loop down, making it shorter so that you're having that conversation more often. Right. And then it's, it's more like you guys are playing jump rope than it is surprising. You know, it's like, yes, you you don't want to wake up, you want (laughs) to roll out of bed one day, three years, three or four years in your career and be like, why am I a junior designer? Like I should be a senior designer. Like you don't, you don't want that to happen, you know. So yeah, just make sure you're having those regular, effective one-on-ones. I think soft skills, though. Do you need soft skills to be a designer, Andy?
0: Do you need soft skills to be a designer? Well, let's unpack what what is soft skills. Like <laughs> what? Are what, soft skills? what what are these skills that are so nice and squishy that we actually need um, to be a designer? So so what are those exactly? I think, and I think. Like in comparison, like what are hard skills or what are those technical skills that you can bring as a designer, right? Um, yeah. So, so go for it, Patrick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're you're going to say it first.
1: Gonna... Here's here's a couple. I'm going to list a couple of hard skills. All right. <laughs> being able to use a design program like Figma, Sketch, whatever, like learning a program, learning a design tool, hard yeah. skill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, being able, understanding what visual hierarchy is, hard skill. Understanding how to develop a color palette, hard skill understanding how to interview a user, hard skill. So there's your hard skills. Do you have some soft skills, Andy?
0: I have some soft skills. And I think one <laughs> of them has to go along with one you just said was understanding how to interview a user. <laughs> I think you yeah. can have some soft skills that go along with that too. So soft <laughs> skills are like the, the type of skills. Maybe it'd be better if I just listed them out like what you said, but like soft skills are how to work with your users, how to actually talk and understand what their needs are, understand what their problems are. I think that's a soft skill. Another soft skill is how do you work with engineers? Uh, How do you communicate this design into something that they can build with engineers? I think that's a Mm -hmm. soft skill. How can you be a storyteller as a designer? Uh, I think that's a soft skill. So there are a lot of like communications and, uh, of things that you need to be able to interpret and um, to tell to communicate as a designer um, that very much involves soft skills Uh, so the question is i think do are soft skills needed to accelerate your career um i think the word accelerate is an interesting word of kind of like you know make something move faster um i feel like it's You soft skills are actually needed as a designer to, as a basis for your career as a UX designer not just to be able to be a really good one I think you need them as a basic um, strong UX designer essentially that's like kind of a uh, what are those called? A staple, I would say it's a staple of being a UX designer having soft skills, so not just an accelerant but something you need to be able to get your job done um, so I would say the answer to that question is, yes, you do need soft skills to be able to be, um, a, a UX designer as well as a good UX designer. <laughs> you need good, I think basic soft skills and then strong soft skills to be a good UX designer. Um, yeah. because you can be really good at all those technical things. You can be a really strong, um, visual designer. You can be able to use Figma, Sketch, all those tools and you know be able to you know write stuff down and you know write interview questions all that sort of stuff but if you don't have the other piece of that equation the ability to communicate the ability to listen the ability to like discern what people are telling you um, which goes along with listening of course um, those things are a really big part of being a ux designer and if you don't have those you're probably not going to be a successful UX designer. Uh, so those are definitely some things that you that you need um, mm-hmm. for sure. I, I don't know what you say, Patrick. What, what What's your thought on that?
1: Uh, yeah, I would agree. And I would say soft skills are probably more important on some level than some of the hard skills. I mean, I shouldn't say more important or less important. Put it. I'll put it another way. Uh, I think of it in terms of, it's probably about 70 to 75% of your job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, like being, being the soft skill of actually being able to complete your work. uh, Huge. Right. Yeah. Being able, the soft skill of of communicating and presenting your work is huge. Um, Two major, major things, you know, the the, uh, super important one, uh, being a team player, like, being able yeah. to work kindly and nicely with others and, you know, not being a jerk all the time. Like that's a huge one. Like those three right there. And then, and then, and then I'd lump in all your hard skills and then you got your design skills, you know, like those are the four main areas, at least in my mind, when you sit down and judge a designer, I'm like, are they getting their stuff done? Are they facilitating, communicating correctly? And are they, you know, working with team members correctly are they able to do visual design? Are they able to do you know workflows? Are they able to do interviews? Right, like yeah. that's I'd say it's the majority part of your your job description. And I would also say that at least the values the, the design team values that we we value the most the things we the things that determine whether you're going to succeed or fail at Canopy all three of them are soft skills. So. Yeah. You know, collaborating, being, being able to collaborate, being able to own your work. Um, you know, those things are all, those values are all soft skills, like every single one of them. So yeah, when when in terms of accelerating, I like how, I like how you, you talked about accelerating and, and being staples, like soft skills being staples. Um, if you, if you're a PM listening, we call, we call those table stakes do you like the that's my buzzword the pm buzzword of the day
0: oh that's ding, what they ding call ding
1: it. pm pm buzzword of the day table stakes um they're table stakes but if you're a junior designer like you're not going to have all those because yeah. a lot of those you learn as you grow and so i like the way they put it as an accelerant like because maybe you have communication skills but maybe you don't have great communication skills and i feel like those soft skills really do show a maturity right? Like those are the things that I can sit down and talk to you about and be like, Hey, you're maturing in your, you know, being a designer. Right. Um, so I think, I think actually those skills, a lot of times, if you, if you put more effort into improving those skills, a lot of times, I honestly think you'll be promoted faster than if you just focus on the design skills. Cause Mm -hmm. I've known a lot of designers that maybe myself included, like I'm not the greatest technical designer of all time. You know, like there's still a lot of design skills that I need to improve on, you know, hard skills. Um, but you know, improving those soft skills gets you through a lot of that stuff as you're learning and as you're growing and as you're experiencing and, and it takes practice. We talked about this with design, those hard design skills just take practice, you know, They just take reps and until you get enough of that in, you're just not going to be good at it until you get enough in. Right. But soft skills, you can improve a soft skill tomorrow. You know, you can, you don't need necessarily a tremendous amount of practice to improve soft skills. So, you know, you can, you can be a better facilitator, a better speaker, a better present, you know, presenter pretty quickly without, you know, doing too many reps. So,
0: yeah, that's a great point. I, I love that a lot. It's it's very true that you can really advance a lot better if you focus on those soft skills. I definitely think that that's something that's really important. Um, as I've talked about, as we've talked about, like those skills are super huge. And as you said, like 75% of your job as a designer. So if you do focus on those, um, being able to advance as a designer and as they did put accelerate your career, I, I definitely agree. Um, if you focus on making those skills really strong Um, being able to communicate your designs at a company will be um, you know of course improved by so much and that's such a huge um, part of um, being a designer Uh, also being able to communicate with with those users with those um, potential users to really understand what their problems are and, and how you can make those uh basically how you can uncover what, what solutions that you can, you know, actually make in the future as a designer, those things are huge. So yeah, I absolutely agree with being able to um, being able, with being able to actually um, improve those skills will accelerate your career as you focus on those. So now moving on Patrick, how do we develop those soft skills? How do we actually, Work on improving those soft skills and so we now know it's important. How do we actually make that better? And I think this is the 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 golden question. I think this is a big one, yeah.
1: right? This is this is the this is the question of the day Andy Don't fall so. off your horse Don't. <laughs> you look like you you're a wobbling back and forth a little bit. So I just want to make sure you're okay Thanks. You're okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. Just hold on. I think they call it the horn the horn of the saddle. If you if you start leaning one way, that like you said, just grab onto that horn.
0: The okay. Yeah, that was a
1: cowboy re- back in the day. So
0: why did you quit being a cowboy? You're not a cowboy anymore.
1: It's hard work, man. It's talk about hard skills. That's all it is.
0: You couldn't keep up with those hard skills. You had the soft skills, it's, <laughs> right? To be yeah. a cowboy. Have you ever?
1: But... Yeah. Have you ever thrown hay? Man, talk about throwing hay.
0: <laughs> That's tough I've on never... your back. Everything else. Is it really tough? It seems like it's so light, Patrick. Dude.
1: Such a liar, Andy. Hay is the heaviest thing in the world. <laughs> a cube of hay is like super heavy. No especially way. on a rainy day. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I, I gotcha. Yeah, that hay yeah. is very
0: absorbent, I imagine. So.
1: Yeah. I was never good. I got fired because my pitchfork usage was not good. That's what it was.
0: <laughs> you gotta work on that technique, man. Yeah.
1: And the and the that noise? Do you see oh, how like
0: the clicky noise, right?
1: I was never great. I was I couldn't ever get it to be loud and clear. It still, yeah. It sounds even when I do it today, it sounds kind of like, <laughs> like, like we like wet kind of, you know?
0: Yeah, that wasn't that like wasn't it just needs strong. to be
1: crisp. And I can't whistle. You know when you stick your two fingers in your mouth and you make this crazy whistle sound? Yeah. Never never figured out how to do that. So yeah, I was let go.
0: Gotcha. I so, think that, cow- that whistle Cowboy thing. Cowboy Patrick ended. I, I don't know man. I think it's like worth it not to know how to I don't know how to do that. And I think it's worth it to not know how I just don't really wanna get my hands all slobbery. I don't yeah. I don't know why someone would want to really do that, but
1: I, I um, mean cowboys do because they gotta get Patrick? their cows back. Yeah, I'm still here. Did did I lose you, Andy? Did you no, fall did off I your horse? You. Uh, I think I disconnected here. Oh, you're back. Are you still recording? Yeah. Okay, I'm still recording. Okay. <coughs> I think uh, my I think yeah I think my internet got lost because we were talking about the whole cowboy thing and the yeah.
0: Yeah, that's got to be I what happened.
1: But I'm back, Andy. I'm back. I'm not a cowboy anymore. Just grab well, onto that horn on the saddle.
0: Yeah, I'm you're gonna you're, you're off the saddle though. Well. Uh, <laughs> What are we talking about? Oh yeah, we were talking about uh, hard skills. Uh, how to develop hard skills or soft skills, yes. not hard skills. We don't care about hard skills because those are easy. <laughs> They're super easy, Patrick, right? They're hard super skills. Easy. Yeah. You could just, just watch a YouTube video and learn how to use you learn how to use uh Figma. I mean right?
1: sometimes, you know, for the most part, yeah. You could watch yeah. a you know design video and be like, Hey, I'm a designer.
0: You could just fake it. It's so easy. Just yeah, fake it. That's what You're we just all like, do.
1: That's what we all do.
0: Yes, it's all. Yeah. Hard skills. That's the easy part for sure. Soft skills. That is something that is different. That is definitely more difficult to develop. And I think a lot of that <laughs> um, comes with practice. And a lot of that comes with failure. <laughs> and a lot of that comes but I think, being a person who is very observant. uh. I, yes. I being a quiet person, person who doesn't like to talk a lot. <laughs> um, I like to be observant. And so coming into this experience of learning UX, this is something that I had to learn kind of on the job, um, as we've talked about a very long time ago, um, I did not formally study UX at all. I kind of was able to transition directly from graphic design into UX design, the same company and just started doing UX. And um, I kind of had to learn just how to do it um, by talking to people, by observing, by failing. Uh, And so that's kind of how I actually started to learn how to develop, um, I would say, those soft skills. Because I came on knowing a lot of the hard skills. I knew how to do, how to use a design tool. I'd I'd been a graphic designer. I knew how to use Photoshop, Illustrator, um, and, it wasn't super hard to pick up those, those skills. I knew how to already do um, visual design, all that sort of stuff it was something I could really easily translate into kind of like UI and, and the visual design aspect of a UX design position. But what I didn't know how to do is talk to people <laughs> and understand what their <laughs> problems were and try to make a solution for those problems. So when I finally learned that that's what UX design was really all about was problem solving, um, I actually had to figure out how to do that in a way. And of course, starting out was a very biased way. I'd be like, "Okay, you, you say you're telling me this is the problem you have." And I would come up with a solution and show it to them and say, "Is this the right solution?" And I would just show like one one client, one customer, and, and they're like, "Yeah, this is it." And then I okay, let's ship it, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it was, it was always um, something I had to kind of learn how to do on the job. And a lot of it was me failing, especially since I was learning how to do on the job. Uh, so for me, learning those soft skills and developing those was actually um, talking to people. It was networking. And so I would go to meetups, for example, and I would ask people how they did things, how they recruited uh, people to talk to, uh, to do usability testing, to do discovery to, um uh, interviews, stuff like that. I asked them how they did it. I would look at articles to learn how to to do those things. And I think it was also later Patrick joining Canopy, which I wanted to join Canopy primarily because I wanted to learn from other designers. I wanted to work on a design team. Uh, and I started watching how people did things. I started observing how other designers communicated and shared stories. And um, as I started basically observing how other people did stuff, especially working on such a great design team, I was observing really great designers do do these soft skills, perform these soft skills. And that's a lot how I was able to actually learn, it was essentially looking and emulating. Um, so for me, in terms of developing, I was able to surround myself with, with people that knew what they were doing in terms of soft skills, um, and I emulated a lot what they did. And I also, of course, tried it myself and failed many times. So I had to kind of learn, um, <laughs> different ways <laughs> of doing things the hard way. Um, so I think the, those would be some tips I would give, especially to, um, younger individuals joining the UX, uh, field, um, in terms of how they're going to develop the soft skills they need to be a good UX designer. Um, essentially, fail and observe and surround yourself with the people that can give you good observations to help you really learn. So that's, that's, that's the way I would kind of recommend developing those skills, especially starting off as a designer. Uh, What about you, Patrick?
1: Yeah, I think observation is a huge, huge one, right? Like, because it's not soft skills, soft skills are stuff that requires a little bit of finesse right they, they require some observation they kind of require a mentor to be totally honest right so whether whether you take a group of people that you work with and treat them all as your mentors or go out and find somebody specifically good at a specific soft skill like at work I'm sure if you work for a company that has 20 30 you know people in it somebody even in that small company somewhere is is a good communicator You know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be in a meeting and somebody's like, man, they just communicate really well. Like why, why do they always get what they want? You know, like why, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) I'm like, go approach them and be like, Hey, I I need to work on my communication skills. Like, do you have any tips? You know? Yeah. I think that's another great way to do it is find a mentor to kind of, you know, it starts with that observation, I think. And then a lot of times it, it, you know, if, if you need specific mentorship, I think it's a great way to learn because soft skills are something that are handed down you know they're like they're sort of taught to people they're not like 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 if you if you like with a with a design tool you you know you can learn a design tool you can watch a youtube video and then just perfect it right you can just get better at it you're like oh okay well, i'll move the box over here yep. and then the more you do that the better you get at it right the more efficient and the better you get at it soft skills are a little bit different because you don't necessarily practice them that way because if you're a bad communicator, more practice is not gonna help you be a better communicator. You know what I mean? So I like what you talked about, you know, observation, being able to observe people, observe the right things that they're doing and what's working, find a mentor, help you help you, you know, define, like help you look at it. But I think the most critical thing, and you pointed this out, well there's two. the, the two most critical things in my opinion are gonna be self awareness and feedback. So once you've started that sort of path of that journey of observation and learning from others, it takes a lot of humility and that takes a lot of self-awareness, right? Yes. If you don't have self-awareness, you will not be able to improve your soft skills. (laughs) Like if you don't, if you think you communicate correctly, you won't be able to improve your communications, if you think you are the best at facilitating a design studio or whatever, you know, and maybe, maybe you are, but if you're, if you're having trouble with it, but you think you're good at it and everybody else is wrong, then you're not going to be able to improve those skills. Right. So like (laughs) self-awareness, understanding what you're good at, what you're bad at, what your strengths and weaknesses are is very important to that because how are you even going to observe somebody doing something right? If, you're you know you don't even know what is wrong you know so like i think the self-awareness things piece i think feedback is huge and i think getting feedback from others regularly is huge so asking others like even even as practical as like hey boss person or hey other designer like i've been trying to work on my communication skills like what do you think i'm not you know do you see issues in my communication skills that I need to work on? You know, like reaching out and actually getting proactive feedback. Yes. Um, and especially along the journey, because it's you, the feedback you get from doing a hard skill is kind of, if it works or not, you know, like if you're, mm-hmm. if you're drawing, you know, if you're drawing stuff in Figma, like if it's not working, then you, the the, the thing is giving you feedback, right? Figma is giving you feedback. If, you know, if, All those hard skills, the thing that you're working with or whatever you're doing within that hard skill is giving you feedback along the way and telling you you need more practice, right? It's doing it already. And if you're the soft skills, you don't have that. You have to like ask for it, you know? You have to go to people and say, hey, did I do good in that presentation today? Like, what did you like about that presentation and what you didn't like? Was I able to communicate the point? Did you understand the point of my presentation? You know, go to your developers and, you know, be like, hey, when we did that, when I when we did the design handoff today, like, do you have everything you needed? Did I communicate with you effectively as far as, like, making sure you had everything you needed? Like, asking for feedback along the way as you're improving those skills is super huge.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. I think those points are so, <laughs> forgive me, they're so on point, Patrick, because... <laughs> <laughs> self-awareness is hard because like you kind of don't know if you're self-aware enough because it's kind of like a I don't know it's an internal loop of like if you're not (laughs) self-aware you're not going to be self-aware um how do you get self-aware right you have to have this like humbling point (laughs) so but so it is absolutely important to know if you're if you have self-awareness I mean I guess it's I'm sorry it's absolutely important to have self-awareness is what I'm trying to say and the way you get that which is what you said, Patrick, which is so perfect, is getting that feedback. It's You become self-aware if you are getting feedback from your manager that your soft skills need to be improved. <laughs> if you're getting feedback from yeah. engineering that your soft skills, um, even your hard skills, you know all that sort of stuff. If you're getting the feedback, you're going to be self-aware. And then that's when you get to that design maturity. That's when you start to understand... You actually don't know everything. You don't have all the answers (laughs) and (laughs) you're going to become more self-aware and then you're going to be a better listener. You're going to be a more humble designer. So 100% self-awareness is very key to this. But I think as you were saying, like feedback, getting that feedback along the way really helps with a designer's humility, really helps um, them develop those soft skills because they become self-aware when they realize this thing that they might have thought was great was actually garbage and they could make that improvement. Um, and then they start to realize, okay, yeah, um, I'm not perfect at everything. I'm not the best designer in the world and I can't solve everything. So I need to work with other people. I need to be a good collaborator with other individuals. I need (laughs) to get feedback from other people along the way. I need to listen to other people. Um, all that sort of stuff I think really contributes to you improving those soft skills that we've talked about. So wonderful points, Patrick. I love that a lot.
1: One, I have a great sports analogy. Andy,
0: oh good. Here we go. Here
1: at Design Much, we love sports analogies. <laughs> we do so much. Um, but let's say you're an NBA basketball player, top, top level NBA basketball player, and your coach comes to you and says, hey, when you get fouled, and you go to the foul line, and you shoot free throws, you don't make enough free throws to, to like help the team. So you need to improve your free throws. So what do you, what do, you do as an NBA player, right? All you got to do is just carve off a little extra time and just shoot more free throws, right? Until yes. you can get it down, until you make the necessary adjustments, right? But also, when you shoot a free throw, right, you stand up on the line, you shoot it, and you don't make it, the basket tells you you don't make it right the feedback is instant right in fact you probably even know as soon as it leaves your hand that you're not going to make it because there's so (laughs) many feedback things that's a hard skill right shoot actually shooting a free throw is a hard skill Mm -hmm. and so if you're an nba basketball player that's critical to to what you do right so but that's how you improve it is you literally just go in the gym and practice more so that when the game happens right you're ready and you've got it dialed in and you're not worried about where your elbow is and you know, anything else. So like, but you get feedback. The thing gives you feedback, whatever you're working with, gives you the feedback. Now, if your coach came to you and said, dude, you are not a team player. Like, can you just go to the gym and like carve off more time at the gym? Like, does the practice like just going and like talking to people improve that? Does like walking around the gym do that? Does like, you know, what What does it, right? You don't know what... The, the funny thing is, is there's no feedback there. Like somebody said, hey, we've heard you're not a good team player. You know, the team's really upset with you, whatever. Like, how do you even know what to do to get better with it? Unless you actually go ask your team.
0: Yeah. And
1: if you're an NBA player, like an NBA all-star player, and you're like, hey, I'm not a team player. Like, you go to your team and you say okay, what am I, I heard I'm not a team, I'm not a good, I'm not a great team player, like, how can I improve it? Like, how can I make it better? Like, you guys tell me how to make it better, right? And the team is going to be like, dude, you just got to pass the ball more. And it may just be that simple, right? They may just call you a ball hog and be like, hey, we just got to, you know, you just got to pass the ball more. Or it might be like, you don't even know anything about me. Like, how, you don't even hang out with me. Like, I, I want to create more of a rapport with you or whatever, you know, or... You know, you're always isolated or you're whatever, you know, so like let the team tell you, but you have to go ask. It's not like a hard skill free throw where you just go, I'm just going to go to the gym and throw more shots up, right? And and just improve it. You actually have to go ask to get the feedback because humans are weird. So if you're playing basketball and and people feel like you're not a team player, you know what's going to happen? They're not going to tell you. They're not going to say a damn thing about it, right? Uh-huh. it's just human nature it's just like i'm not gonna say anything to him. Ah, Just whatever just cause a problem and you know i don't know how he feels about it whatever you know we just make up these stupid excuses we're not the rim of we're not the hoop that just instantly goes you know hey quit being you know be a better team player like if somebody doesn't pass you the ball you know you know you're just like hey pass me the you know it's like you don't do that as a human being you know you, human beings aren't really like i don't know we're more protective right it's all yeah i don't know let's ask yeah. a psychologist about it not me but like soft skills you have to go out and actually like talk to the team and go what what do i need to improve versus hard skills you know the rim's going to tell you what you need to improve yeah you know the ball's going to tell you what's going on so
0: no that is so cool hard skills
1: that's where hard skills are much easier to improve but they take longer to improve because you have to practice you you actually yeah. have to put in you know those reps but the soft skills are harder to improve but i think a lot of times they're easier to fix like they come a lot faster
0: yeah it's through that communication right it's being through being real and just talking to somebody that's that's so cool so i I love your analogy a lot patrick and i think that more sports teams and more ux designers should do that they should (laughs) be they should be open and just talk to people about their problems so they can fix those really quickly So they can make those changes. And that's a huge um, show of soft skill maturity. The problem, Patrick, that I I just have to bring up with your analogy is (laughs) I have seen so many 80s and 90s sports movies where a team where their problem is like they're not working well together as a team. They're not passing. They're not doing the right things, And it's not them. the, The solution is never them like just talking to each other about it. It's always like the coach. Of course it's a montage, and the coach comes up with some like really kooky way that they can do something together and suddenly they can uh they can work together as a team. So, for example, when we're we're talking about mighty ducks, Patrick, they mm-hmm. start practicing with eggs instead of hockey pucks, right? And they did that together and had <laughs> lots of fun. Goldberg <laughs> learns how to how to stop goals he gets, he's not afraid of pucks anymore. And they all bond together as a team, and they start really working together really well. So I think your analogy works perfectly for real life, but it doesn't work super well for pop culture sports movies. Just wanted to just I think bring that up, Patrick. I think you could, in
1: real life, orchestrate a nice, a nice, uh, you know, cheesy sports movie type of thing. If you wanted to, like, I think you could do it. I think you could set up some guy comes to you and says, Hey, you're not a team player. You're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do, uh, (laughs) like, like gunny sack races as a team, right? You could orchestrate that, you know, like you get that out. And maybe you loosen everybody up and people laugh and you know, then you cry and then now you bond as a team. Exactly. Teamwork is improved, right? Like you, you could try facilitating that. I'm not going to say that the Hollywood movie method is going to work in that case. But you can always try it, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I think we can either go one or two ways. You can try the one you talked about where you just like go talk to people about and you get that feedback, the social feedback. Or you can do uh, playing hockey with with eggs. Uh, one yeah. of those two is going to probably accomplish the same goal. So if you, can, if you can make it happen, especially you design managers out there, if you want your design team to be a lot... <laughs> A lot, uh, a lot better at collaborating.
1: <laughs> yeah, teamwork is the problem.
0: <laughs> you should make them go down the, a bobsled, uh, a bobsled track on a go kart or something. You know, like the bobsled yeah. team did in Cool Runnings. Instead of yeah. uh, instead of having them do uh, communication skills, just talking to each other about how to get better. So try one yeah. of those things. See which ones works better for your team because. What do we know? Maybe the Hollywood version works a little bit stronger than the yeah the more mature. I real do. Life version. I do
1: have a. I, I do have a secret here. This is this is my secret. All okay? right. All right. If if teamwork, if teamwork is struggling at your company, you're having a hard time with the team working together. The fix. The Romans had this fix a long time ago. The Spartans knew what they were doing you have to break bread together you have to eat together when t- when people eat together they bond it's, i don't know what it is but it's pure magic go to lunch together meet up together eat together go to the olive garden together like do like eat food together and do it as often as you can and your team is going to be so freaking solid like like they're, everybody's going to be connected it doesn't even matter if it just doesn't matter it's it's a magic it's a sprinkled magic potion, dude. Yeah. And I think we're going to see this more and more as teams become more and more virtualized and separated. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see teams not feel connected, even though they work together all the time. Even though even though they, they, they work together, they do stuff. They're not coming together to break eggs on the hockey rink. They're not coming together to, to break bread at a sushi restaurant. Like... Like that that right there connects people. I'm telling you 100%. I'm dead serious about that, Andy. <laughs> Don't fall off your horse.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. There is something about a bunch of people getting together that are at one point very hungry and probably hangry. <laughs> and then Angry, all of a yes. sudden they get, they get their food And they just kind of go through that experience of being very hungry and then getting their food and becoming satisfied, you know, with their bodies. Their their bodies are happy. Their tummies are happy again. (laughs) That that gets people for some reason to bond. Right. It's like this. this, I don't know
1: what it is, but it's pure magic.
0: (laughs) It's a harrowing experience for sure. So, yeah, uh, I definitely would recommend doing that. It's always great to do. And yeah, I think in this this day and age, when more people are working remotely, when people are not all all teams are not all together, it's gonna be harder and harder to do that, right? So I think we're gonna have to find find ways to <laughs> to better um, get teams to work together to break bread together. Uh, I don't know if it'll be the, have you have you tried eating together with a team virtually, Patrick? it's it's okay. It's not as good as eating <laughs> in yeah. person with a team.'ve
1: we've, we've done that a few times, but it's not the same. You know,
0: yeah,
1: it's not the same as you know, getting out in the office, jumping in the car together, driving over to the Taco Bell, you know, ordering your food together, making fun of each other's food, the orders, yes, waiting for your food together at the table, trying to find something to talk about that's not necessarily (laughs) office related. Like you know, and then sitting down, and then and then the occasional like sharing of the food, right? Like, hey, I'm not gonna eat this burrito. You want this burrito? You know, like really thoughtful <laughs> things happening like that. You know, it breaks down. That's when the, I feel like I feel like eating together is like humanity at its best. If you could just if you could just take two disagree, like if you could just take the Republicans and the Democrats and just force them to eat lunch together, <laughs> side by side for like a month straight, like. I'm I'm thinking we're going to get a lot of compromises and a lot of agreements and we're going to get to know each other and yeah, we're yeah. going to break down the system.
0: I th- I think this is great. They all, they all just need to go to Chick-fil-A, you know, and they're going to all realize some similarities. Oh, you like the Chick-fil-A sauce more than the ranch? Yeah. Me too. That's exactly how I feel about You'd- life
1: yeah they dude i thought all republicans just ate chicken fingers but you're eating nuggets too like i thought that was a democrat thing like nuggets totally democrat and and you went the polynesian sauce oh my gosh like exactly this is fantastic how what are your feelings on the sausage biscuit at at breakfast oh you like that too oh my gosh (laughs) it's common ground food is common ground no matter who we are Yes. No matter no matter who you are, dude. We all have to eat. We all have to drink. It's common ground.
0: This is true. This is very true. Yep. Oh, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, let's let's all. I think this this is the answer to all three of these questions. How do you really move along the individual contributor path? Just go eat more with your. Just go to lunch. Yeah. Just go to lunch. Go to lunch with your manager and have a one on one. Right. Then you're gonna be a senior like Chick two. Weeks. Yeah. Uh are soft skills needed? <laughs> yeah, go to lunch and and go to go to freaking Chick-fil-A, and they're gonna be like, uh they're gonna say things like, It's my pleasure, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Those those individuals that, that work at Chick-fil-A, they got some soft skills. You're gonna be able to go observe some great soft yeah. skills at Chick-fil-A. You wanna talk
1: about the best the best <laughs> soft skill mentors? <laughs> exactly. Chick-fil-A.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and that's how you're going to develop those soft skills. And then, yeah, if your team is struggling, just go take them to Chick fil A. So, yep. Chick fil A once again is the answer to to all of our problems here, Patrick. So, anonymous I anonymous so. listener, uh, Chick fil A. I think so. Chick fil A is your answer.
1: And I think this. I think we could consider this the Thanksgiving episode because <laughs> we talked about eating and breaking bread together. Yeah. Over the dumbest holiday. <laughs> that has ever existed thanksgiving it's the most ridiculous it shouldn't be a holiday no. because andy no. because it should be happening every day maybe not with stupid food like turkey but it should be having it should be happening every day you should be bonding with your fellow human beings every day oh yes and, and breaking bread and giving thanks every day not not this one bullcrap day where you eat stupid food you know what i mean <sighs>
0: amen man Can this is so, cranberry
1: sauce and turkey like come so on so true
0: it's so true every day you're every week right take your team your design team to Chick-fil-a or go out go out to Chick-fil-a with your uh your engineering team something like that right all your problems you're gonna be able to solve so many problems for your customers if you go to Chick-fil-a every week you're going yeah. to solve so many communic- just so many <clears throat> things so many great things are gonna happen Patrick Chick Fil A, is what you gotta do. So go do that, and I, I love I love your observations as well. Of course, you know I agree wholeheartedly with your observations on Thanksgiving. So um, yeah, I appreciate you saying that's that. That's why we're partners. That's why we're buddies. Exactly. That's how this podcast works. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Okay. Well,
1: yeah. We'll have a think. Have a good Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah. Enjoy some dry turkey with the rest with your family and some stupid marshmallow yams or whatever you eat. And the
0: worst part is like the dishes at the end. It's like your host, let's say you're hosting Thanksgiving, yeah. right? The dishes are inc- you have to do like two or three loads of dishes in your dishwasher. So enjoy that oh. part too. Go eat. Go eat the pretty lame food. Have like a good pie. And then you have to go over and look at the kitchen, the kitchen, and be like, "Oh, I gotta go do those dishes for the next six hours." Yep. So have fun with and that. And My back everybody. hurts, and I've been, yeah. I've been slaving over everything, I've been moving.
1: Ta- I said I had to set up a bunch of tables,
0: and you're super tired because you, know. you just ate, just you just ate turkey, just straight turkey. So you're incredibly yeah, you ate tired. Yeah, turkey and mashed
1: potatoes. Like the, freaking you just put <laughs> bricks and mortar in your yeah. belly, like, jeez. You just loaded yourself up with concrete and now you got six hours of dishes to do.
0: So many, so many horrible decisions. I don't know how this 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 event came to be, Patrick, but
1: I don't know. But it's stupid. It needs to be over. We need to end it. That's true. Anyway, enjoy enjoy your Thanksgiving breaks, (laughs) everyone.
0: Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Bye, Andy. Bye. Thanks for listening to the pod. Real quick before you take off, we need your topics. Shoot an email to topics at designmuch.org or go to designmuch.org slash contacts and fill out the form. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, go ahead and share the pod with some friends, coworkers, your weird aunt, that guy who takes your money every morning at the McDonald's, your hamster, really just whoever you want to. Lastly, go grab a Design Much t-shirt at designmuch.threadless.com and wear it freaking proudly. That's it, guys. Now have a good week, design nerds.